Hello, everybody. So, in this week's parasha, Parashas Tetzave, there's a very interesting idea about the uh, Avoda, about Karbanos. So, basically, in the Chavtas Aleph, after the first half of the parasha, it's basically two halves. The first half of the parasha is talking about the Big Dei Kahuna, all the Big Dei Kahuna, and then Per Chavtas, the second half, talks about the Karbanos that the Kohanim brought, like to inaugurate them, if you are. So it says, This is the matter that you should do to them, to sanctify them, to make a honor for me. should take one par, then bakar, and two elam. Okay? So one bull and two rams. So, why are you taking these kabanos? So Rashi says, par echad. It says, Lechaper al maisi ha'egal, shivu par. So the par, he explains, it's to be a mechaper for the egel, which was a par. He doesn't explain the elim, it's based on the tanchuma. Tanchuma says the elim are a reference, as remez, to the two bnei Aaron, Nadav and Avihu, who were punished by bringing the Zara in Parsha Shemini. So um, maybe we'll talk about that, but Rashi doesn't have that. So... I guess the question is, is what's this idea? You know, this idea that it's like the very first thing that's being brought, you know, inaugurated the Kohanim is a par ben bakar to be mechaper on the Maisegel. So why is that so vital and important there? Is that the very first thing which they're doing? So to explain, I thought maybe it would help us digress. Let's digress and talk about the Chet Hegel. Okay. Talk about the Chayyim Egel, and then um, maybe Karbanos, and why this, and Mikdash, and various ideas, and then maybe you'll be able to come back and understand why this carbon is here right now. So, the idea is, so let's talk about Egel. So what was the dinner Egel? What were they doing? So, I think this is uh, maybe informed by the Ramban, by the Chayyim Egel, that, that the thing is like this, is that the, the Jews at the time, maybe this is based on certain things I heard from Rebbe over the years, but also the Ramban on the Parsha where they go on the pack, they go. So the Jews at the time, um, the the way they related to Akash was always through Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu was a go-between. And um, in a certain sense, that was uh, dangerous. The, the real, real way to relate to Akash is for a person to to think about a Baruch Hu and to relate to him through his uh, seichal, through his intellect, and God isn't physical, and we don't really have any physical intermediary between us and God, per se. I mean, Moshe Rabbeinu is our teacher and our rabbi, but he's not designed to be like a crutch as if we have some physical way to relate to him. But in a sense, the, the test was when Moshe Rabbeinu disappeared, went to the top of the mountain for 40 days, it's like they lost their intermediary. And they they kind of panicked. They got afraid. Their satan, their psyche started playing tricks on them. Oh, now what are we going to do? Now we don't have any way to relate to Gosh Baruch But I mean, unfortunately, the Torah, you know, difficult for us, but the Torah demands that we're able to simply relate to Gosh Baruch through our minds, and Hashem is uh, all other, all of the Zara is all physical, 
and it recognized that man man has wishes to worship something physical, something which he could see, feel, touch, think, you know, you know, relate to on a more physical level. But Hashem is beyond all that. Hashem, we have to, uh, those are all make-believe. Hashem is non-physical, and we can only see Him, relate to Him through our idea. That's a tough demand on us, but that's the demand to eradicate all the Zara and to relate to Hashem alone. Now, when Moshe Rabbeinu was gone, the people got got stuck. They got scared, and they needed some way to relate to Hashem. And Moshe Rabbeinu, who was their crotch, was gone. And in desperation, they they created an eagle. And the eagle, and they says, our man says, no one actually believes that this calf brought them out of Israel. It was like an intermediary, a way for them to be able to worship Hashem through some sort of a physical intermediary. And they brought, the, you know, it was a method of avoda to HaKadosh Baruch But just because it meant to HaKadosh Baruch doesn't mean it's good. On the contrary, it was the worst chayt HaKadosh Baruch ever did. It stuck with us forever. And basically, the Torah demands that we don't give in to that desire to worship Hashem through a physical representation. But on the contrary, we have to worship Him directly. And to start doing avoda to the Egel, which is a, an intermediary to Hashem, that's not appropriate. But um, desirable, but not for us emotionally, but not appropriate. And on the contrary, that type of avoda, ultimately, it's like a slippery slope. It leads us away from HaKadosh Baruch And once you start worshiping something physical or directing your vote to something physical, next thing you know, in uh, 10 generations or whatever, you don't have Hashgash because the physical things are more real to your emotions than the God. And like the Sabadaranos, they started out by making these temples, you know, or worshiping, you know, the stars as intermediaries, and next thing you know, Ten generations later, everyone forgot about Hashgash Baruch So there's no way to retain a vote Hashem once you have these intermediaries. And that was the sin of the Chet Hegel, that they, they needed something physical to use to relate to Kosh Baruch Okay. And because of that, Moshe Rabbeinu came down and he saw it. This is, um, you know, this is a famous pshat, but that's why Moshe Rabbeinu broke the Luchas, is that he knew that if he's going to give them the Luchas, then they're just going to take the, the smash the Hegel, and now on the contrary, worship, uh, use the Luchas as their physical intermediary to relate to Kosh Baruch another physical object. So he had to basically totally destroy that object. They weren't really to be able to utilize the luchos as a vehicle to think about the ideas of the luchos and to lay Tashem through the luchos, but rather it would be another idol for them. So therefore he had to break them. And Hashem said, Yashikach, that was a good idea. Okay. And ultimately because of this state, they really deserved clearly the destruction. But through Moshe Benus Tfilos, Hashem was Mechaper, and he gave them the opportunity to continue to exist. And he gave them Mikdash as a vehicle to atone for them. Now, the problem is, is now you're going to have the Mikdash, the Mishkan, that is. Now, in the Mishkan, you might you have a risk of having the exact same problem. And now a person could relate to the Mishkan as another vehicle, physical representation of a Kodesh Baruch. And you could see, this is, so to speak, the house that Hashem dwells in. It's like almost like you're making God physical and you're making a shechina like a physical thing. And you could, instead of, you, you run the risk of, of uh, falling into the same trap. So the mishkan is not because we Hashem is physical in any way, but rather the mishkan is, is a place which um, it's like an educational facility, so to speak, that 
there's a, many, many ideas about HaKadosh Baruch Hu which are brought to our mind's eye in the Mikdash. We think of Hashem as the source of Kapara, Hashem is the source of our wealth, Hashem is the source of uh, knowledge, we learn about Hashkachas Hashem, we learn all the different ideas that, uh, that all Malucha is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So it's like uh, the Mishkan is a place where a person goes and he said, think about, learn about HaKadosh Baruch learn about Avodah Hashem, Avodah Hashem. That's what it's designed to be. But it's risky. A person could think of it as if Chalil uh, HaKadosh Baruch is in the Mikdash. And all the Avodah and the Karbanas could be like another, just a, like a, a way to relate to Hashem in an improper form. So when, when we're inaugurating the Mikdash and the Kohanim, it's important that we make sure that we break away from the false way to relate to Gosh Baruch Hu, from the way that we relate to Gosh Baruch Hu and the Egel. And we have to set ourselves up on a good footing so we don't fall prey to that trap. Okay, so the question is, how, how do we do so? How, how so? So it seems like the saying is that the carbon chatas, carbon chatas, this par is mechater. So how does this work? So maybe to digress. So how does Kabanos work? So the Ramban, it's a Aleph Tath, but he talks about it, and I think I'm elaborating a little more than he says explicitly, but he says the the carbon person sins with his body, with his hands, with his his whole, you know, physical self, and he really deserves to be destroyed. He deserves clear. But it's Chasar Hashem, then instead of him being destroyed, so he could destroy the animal, kills the animal, and so to speak, the dam of the animals instead of his dam, and the innards of the animals instead of his innards, and the hands are instead of his, and uh, oh, I forget all the things he says, but something like that. But basically, the saying is, is that a person has to realize, recognize that his hate really, when his hate deserves, uh, leads him to destruction, and he should be destroyed because of his hate. That means Adin, but it means Rachmim, the Hashem, allows him to offer up a substitute. And by burning the carbon, the animal, it reminds him that this part of him, the animalistic part of him, really should be destroyed. Deserves to be destroyed because that's what led him to hate. And he could deserve to exist insofar as he, so to speak, subordinates that part of his nature, the physical part of his nature, to his to his higher part, his higher element. And he that's what allows him to continue to exist. That's the machap. And the is that he's willing to surrender his base desires, instinctual desires, and sacrifice them before his uh, which is determined by his uh, higher element. So uh, that's the general idea of carbon, that is. And it could be it's saying is the same thing here, is that we're, we're starting to do Avodah Hashem and Mekdash. And, and you might think, Avodah Hashem is great, that's always great. Serving God, perfect. But the, but the Egel was also a method of serving God. It was just a method of serving God which was following your wishes. They wished to serve God through an intermediary. An intermediary was physically, emotionally, instinctually pleasing to have a physical representation of some physical intermediary. And serving God based upon your wishes your own personal emotional desires is uh, is is the chet. It's the worst chet. It's the chet egel, the worst chet ever. So the Zara, the antithesis of Torah. Torah demands that our service of God is dictated by 
our minds, by our subordination to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to his halachic system, to what he's mitzavah us. And the virtue, the value in Avodah Hashem is like, like that ultimately we do everything will be the Tzivah Hashem. And the Karbanos are very, very detailed and very halachic. And ultimately our service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there's no room for a person to just say, I'm going to do it my own way. I'm going to let my emotions go and let me serve Hashem the way I feel like I should do. The contrary. Another one who did that, and they brought Nehesh Zara Shalotziva Osam. They weren't commanded in that. They just kind of offered up on their own, and they got zapped, and they basically got destroyed. And that was this showing. It's like a foundation of Mikdash is that if we serve God based upon our animalistic nature, then that we're going to leave ourselves to be destroyed. So by bringing the par as a chatas, it could be that from the chaper. It's like we're saying is the, the part of us which is just looking to follow our basic instincts and how we want to serve God, that part should be burned up. Because that's if the degree that we follow that, we're going to be led to the Cheda Egal, we're going to be led to the Osam. Basically, the Mikdash is going to become like another Egal. And the only way we can establish a Mikdash and we can truly serve God properly is if we're willing to subordinate that and recognize that our Vodas Hashem has to be totally guided by our chachma, by our commitment to the halachic system, the Hakadosh Baruch Hu, was mitzavas, and the rigors of halacha, and it could be that's why that again that's the first carbon that they're bringing, and according to the Tanfuma, the second carbonos are a zecher of the, and maybe at the time they didn't know this, but it's a zecher dremes to the Nadavanavihu, basically. When you're starting off the mikdash, well, the only chance we have of the mishkan surviving or work, working is if we make sure that we divorce it from the, the flaws of the Chedah It's a method of Odes Hashem, but it has to be a method of Odes Hashem, which is guided by our Chachma, guided by the Tzivoyim of HaKadosh and differentiated and separated totally from the animalistic, you know, free, free-flowing, let your imagination go and serve God the way you wish to. Because if you do, you're going to be doing right back to the Egal. And the chaper of the eagle is that we remember a chaper for the past and we set up a new path for the future. Okay, so I hope that's all clear. And I said a lot of different things there, but I'd love to hear if anyone has any thoughts, feedback, questions, comments. Okay, everyone, have a good job.